too many Tic Tacs in the town. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 3.38 starting time. Please welcome from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, Matthew Wiley. Play away, please. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we. That wasn't a great pod, was it? You want to run it back? Golf Landy at 204. How about that slapper for an intro song? I bet you don't know who that is. Maybe I shouldn't tell you who it is. So you ask me tomorrow on Twitter or tonight. But that song slaps. Absolutely slaps. Uh, Golf Landy at 204. 204. Make sure all systems are go and all mics are working. Um... This week is the Genesis, which I will call the Gemini. It's a Genesis Invitational, but I will call it the Gemini Open 60% of the time, as I said on Twitter. And that is the case. I don't know what it is, but I cannot differentiate between those two words. Last week was the People's Major. And that that is attributable to Brian someone on Twitter when I said this was the fifth major, and he said this is the people's major, that being the Waste Management Phoenix Open, and he's right. That's a perfect title for this, and Waste Management should steal that. Because how good of entertainment is that for golf? I mean, even first-time golf watchers I spoke to, or first, you know, early DFS players in golf who just started this year said that was incredible. Yeah, it is. Um, and so now, now you've got the shift here and the dialogue about the Saudi golf league or the live investments or Greg Norman's thing, which is becoming a major topic. And I was right about the PGL, the premier golf league and it never getting legs. I was wrong about the Saudi league and that I thought it was just like the PGL going to be a leverage play. For some of these players, it now appears based on both public information from Kramer Hickok today about 17, at least 17 players making the jump in the spring starting in June or at least signed contracts, wired money. He inferred that this was a done deal. In addition to what no laying up guys heard, in addition to what I heard firsthand from people that would know that Bryson is in and perhaps Phil, and others. No, I'm not a reporter. I don't know. And frankly, I don't care. If you're getting a quarter billion, take the money. They don't owe us. They owe us nothing. It's their brand. If they want to be um, a little a disguising about the truth, that's, that's on them. They don't owe us anything. I don't care. Leave. Take your tote bag. Fill it with Saudi money, and there's the yellow door exits. And I'm going to keep hammering that bet because Scotty DFS likes it. 
but golf is an international game, and it's a very disruptable industry. Example for disruptable industries, think of Razors, Dollar Shave Club. How did they penetrate, non-sexual, a P&G Goliath marketplace or Gillette? No stores, no shelf space, not their marketing budget. Why? They saw weakness in a very sluggish old monopoly that had not innovated. Bust them up. You go direct to the consumer. You invest heavily in digital, which is cheaper. And you get something to people that they're always going to need to their door at a better price and a cooler packaging. Multiple examples of that. Netflix and its disruption of the content space, the movie theater space. But PGA is the same. It's an international game. It has a monopoly on it. It's a little old and sluggish. Jay Monahan makes a ton of money. They set the rules. They carry a big stick. So what comes in? Money to disrupt it. And here it is. And so 17 players at this point, their words, not mine, are making a leap. And they're not just, I mean, you probably say Westwood, a Poulter, but he inferred, Kramer Hickok inferred that this was going to be stars. So count, let's say Bryson is a star, uh, Phil perhaps, but there are more. So there's your disruption. Now, it only should make the PGA better. I, they're probably going to come with a heavy hand against the players that do jump, but it's going to make better for the players who stay. And again, I don't, I don't care. I mean, listen, if I was offered a quarter billion dollars, which surprisingly I have not, to play golf, albeit I'm working on my swing daily, winter, rain, sun, Snow, snow counts as winter. I am out there working on it. And these, these influencers on Instagram, these Asian golf instructors who are incredible, is the best free content you could ever get. The swings of Instagram, these guys are amazing. I, I, I completely um, put concrete in my brain with too many thoughts during a swing and they break it down into very simple three phases and it's helped so much and so is and and i you know i don't know if i'm in a minority about nick faldo i love him on the broadcast i love colt nose too by the way and his call of the sam Ryder hole in one was so epic because it reminded me of bob cole nhl goat broadcaster and it just brought chills down your spine. So congrats to Colt on that call. It was so good. What am I talking about? Nick Felder. That he gives tidbits during the broadcast that are so helpful in terms of you know a master class in golf swings. Like Patrick Cantlay, you look at his swing and you know something's different about it because he hits every fairway most of the time. But he said he keeps his right shoulder high. That's it. I tilt too much. I hit it thin or I miss. Because I'm tilting. Keep that right shoulder high. You keep level all the way through. Shallow it out. Down the middle. But if I was offered, you thought I missed my spot. I didn't. 
if I was offered a quarter billion dollars to play golf, I'm probably going to sit down with a cup of Folgers crystals and make a pretty healthy decision for myself and my family. So I don't blame them if that's being thrown. I mean, you could sacrifice probably a lot for a quarter billion dollars and a, and a smaller schedule. And evidently they're going to play on U.S. soil fewer tournaments. That'll be interesting. By the way, non-coffee drinkers, and there's one joining the podcast today, are insane people. I live for coffee. And so are the chili weirdos from the, from the Super Bowl here around Cincinnati. Nathan, this whole phen- you grew up here ish. The spaghetti chili stuff? That's bonkers. Putting spaghetti on chili. How about some spagoot on lukewarm chili? Yum, yum. Let me grab a bowl. Food around here is so weird. Let's grab some lays and pipe down. No, I don't want your meatball meatball artichoke dip that you made. I don't. I'd rather die. Right? And people get offended. As you know, when they don't, you don't eat their food. Because it's such a narcissist supply line for some people. I didn't ask you, chief, to bring over your, your meatball artichoke dip. Or your pimento cheese taco spread. You olive weirdos. I could, I could go on forever. I didn't ask you to cook it. I will, I'm sorry I offend you when I'm not going to eat it. But I'm not. I eat seven things. Like your, your charcuterie board shit. Does anyone like that? Does anyone like mini pickles and yak meat from Patagonia? Here's a tote bag, GTFO out of my house. Thank you. Vodka soda, plain chips, rinse, repeat. Let's make it simple. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. But you triangulate all this information. I mean, from, from all the reputable people, reputable people I know, the no laying up people, the people going on PGA Pro is going on and, and saying this outright on their reputation, the mystery of Bryson's absence, and most importantly, the lack of denial and saying this isn't true. If I was not going on the, on the Saudi tour and people were saying I was, I'd probably come out and say it. It's not true. Never said it yet. And I know there's a ton of stuff happening behind the scenes Everyone in the the DFS industry or content space wants to be a part of. We all want to be part of the PGA Millionaire Club, blah, blah, blah. We want to be in the know. We really have no idea. We just want to be part of the conversation. So do media people, the self-important ones. But the greed comment from Brooks was not a flippant, flippant remark from him. I believe that he knew in advance, obviously. My guess is that he, a lot of money was offered. Bryson and Phil will get the lion's share, and others said no because they want to be the highest paid, perhaps. But the thing with Brooks is, and this may be a master class for him because I've been hard on him, and everyone that I talk to who knows him or of him 
He's a very private person. He said he is the man. He likes his crew. He's honest to a fault. And he'll do any shirt-off-the-back type guy. But he can run a master class in long-game marketing, and perhaps he is, if you see his halftime show commercials, which he were, were very prevalent. You okay? <laughs> Nathan's choking on some pimento dip. <laughs> some spagoot and chili. Uh, you all right? Okay. Um, but he can... He, he, he can do this master class in long game marketing by doing a heel face turn and being the mayor of this tour. He, Bryson, he bullied Bryson, an arch nemesis, made him, an, made him a villain. Um, and, a, and a lot of people were sort of 50 50 on the fence saying, don't be so mean to Bryson, and, or Brooks is the goat. But now, if Bryson leaves and Brooks stays and defends the tour, you can feel it already. He's the goat. I will dye my hair blonde. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the, 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 I don't know if they've thought this or Bryson, if he goes, speculation, but if someone like him goes, has he thought through the dynamics of what it's going to be like to play in U.S. soil and, 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 you know, sticking your nose up to the PGA Tour, which everyone loves? Brooks can capitalize on that full stop. And he kind of already has started. But that's the question. Who is more beloved, the tour or a few of its stars? If these guys do defect, those players have bet on themselves. I'm not so sure. I think the PGA Tour has some things that they can win this battle in war. I know how. I know how to do it. From a positioning standpoint and a brand and my just a knowledge of content and golf and this industry and the fans of it. But I'm tired of giving ideas away for free, so DM me. If anyone at the tour would like some advice on this, we can both win this battle and war. But you don't necessarily need stars going back to point one, the people's major. The Sam Ryder content, you never heard a tweet from Sam Ryder in your life. I think he's got 6,000 followers. He tweeted after his hole-in-one, are you not entertained? 55 million likes. Again, there's no one blowing the doors off these guys week to week by 10 shots. This is not Tigerville. So these guys can be stars. Tom Hoagie, if he had won back-to-back, I mean, Xander hasn't won in three years. So Tom Hoagie's one back-to-back. Is he a star now? Playing pretty well. The tour creates the stars. At least for now. Speaking of whom, Mito Pereira can putt. I'm dying on that hill. Yes, there were some ball-striking issues last week. Yes, I was... 35% 35% him, he, and Aaron Wise. Did it burn me? Of course. But now they got Mito priced at 6600 on DraftKings? Mm. I'm telling you, he's going to be a star. Another star in the making, Thomas Peters. Which I may have oversold it on Twitter. I want to back off it a little bit. 
he's he's like that he's like a mashup of Ollie Schneidergens, Finau, Jamie Lovemark, all the guys we backed and thought were gonna be, you know, world ones. He's kind of a mashup of that. Now, his swing is beautiful, he could putt, he's aggressive, he's smart. I, I said he found, you know, another planet in the solar system. That was not true. But I think he's going to be too highly owned now. So I don't, I don't want to have any disappointments when he missed the cut. I do like him, though. That is a serious, serious piece of content. And what happens if these guys leave and they're brand spots? I mean, do you think U.S. companies want anything to do with a Saudi-backed tour? Probably not. I mean, they don't. again, they don't owe us anything in this conversation. Nothing. But... But you have some of these guys that are that are rumored to be leaving that have dozens individually brands that they have become trust agents for. They speak for them. They tell us to buy the product, and we buy the product. Now, now they're sort of massaging the PR to make sure it gets out appropriately. So what do we trust? We trust that you want us to buy, you know, Scotch tape. But whoa, 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 just back up and I'll, I'll carefully parse words here by my agent about me jumping to the Saudi tour, which is now you know probably going to be 100% true. They're dust with those American brands, if American brands are smart. So we've got a, we got a four-way this week, I think. I haven't recorded it yet with these bozos. <sighs> Slept. Circling the drain, Saul Goodman is going to join, and Ryan, if you can believe it. I won't even get a word in. We'll see what happens. Let's talk to the boys. All right, we got a four-way today. It's uh, Ryan Bariff, of course. Hey, man. Circling the drain, Josh, of course. Hello. Which... Josh, I'm going to say this live. You got to turn it up or get closer. He just doesn't have what it takes. <laughs> you mean actually turn up the volume or like turn up? Okay, like it's a little better. Okay. Yeah, talk like you're talking now. And, well, and I the fourth listen, person the is... The one guy I don't want to hear, sorry, Matt, about volume issues is Ryan. So, <laughs> so go ahead. The fourth person is um, mean-spirited quote that was given you a title to you today, which I don't think is true, Saul Goodman, DFS. Howdy. How are we doing? We're all sweating NHL right now because all of us were basically 10% of the FHWC qualifier and we're all on NYR1 who are going to lose 5 eh, nothing, likely. All right, so here we go. This week is Riviera. I'm glad to have you boys on the show. Even though Ryan did another show this week without telling us. We'll let that go. Um... We are at Riviera. Now, the notes that I have for Riviera are this, as follows. Um, 60% of the time, as I said, the opener, I will refer to it as the Gemini Open. I don't know why. It's the Genesis. It's the Genesis Invitational, right? Yes. Okay. It's very difficult. Uh, tight fairways. Uh, firm, fast. Firm with run out. If you miss the fairways, you're in Kikuya, which can be like, Velcro, according to Trevor Immelman, 
not overly long. I will say this. Rory McIlroy says it's not a bomber's course, but of course there's going to be some touts that say it is. But I'll go with Rory McIlroy. Uh, very strategic, must place the ball in the right spots. Uh, larger screens, but they're fast, undulating, a lot of elevation changes around the course. Wind is a factor. Augusta narrative is because of the shaved runoffs, the speed, the elevation. But you got Bubba, you got DJ, you got Scott doing well here. Peters, of course, maybe the greatest golf on tour right now. But it's POA, speed, slope, um, tough field. You're going to have to have an all-round golfer. I like the Fitzpatrick types. That's where we're going with it. I'm going to go right, right at and unmute yourself, slap Josh Lepko. He's already, he knows what I'm doing right now. I want to know, have you played Riviera's sister course? So <clears throat> I haven't technically played the sister course, um, but I have played a course that some say is the Riviera of the Northeast. So I don't know how much weight I'll give that in uh, in my model, but I feel like I have a pretty good uh, understanding of how this course will play. So last week you said that – so the it factor thing, okay? And I really want to stress on this this week because you said Mito didn't have it. I, I and by the way, you can't spell Mito without it. That was a good – interesting point you made there. But I, Thank and you. I yeah, he doesn't have it. And we should, it showed, and you'll tell me something while I'm wrong this week. But no, 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 no. I want to know where you start this week with your build. Uh, where am I starting? From the top. Where do you start? Where do you begin? Um, well, I, I guess I start with Rom. Okay. Is that? I don't know. Let's put this way. I, I, I like Rom. I just. At some point, he's going to to get it together. He's just been too good, and um, I don't know, you know, why he hasn't had a win recently with the, with the way his stats look. But love Rom, and I guess I'm going to stop fading Cantlay because he's good, and I'm going to begrudgingly admit that. For the record, Josh, I mean uh, Saul and Ryan, this is for you is that I said last week in our chat repeatedly, shamed for most of it, and Ryan, you're on mute, that John Rom was a fade. He will not be in the optimal, and he wasn't. Saul, you said that maybe you're going to start thinking about this as a fade. Are you? Top price, chalky Rom. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess I have to take the other side of this since – you asked Josh how he's starting and he goes straight to the top of the board. And Ryan's been on like 11 podcasts talking about Ram already this week. So <laughs> yeah, I, I would say, um, you know, watching Ram play, he seems to suck. And then he seems to kind of T12 or whatever. Um, I don't know. For me in this field, it seems like a lot of these guys from like 9,700 and up, are pretty similar. Um, so as far as where I'm going to start, I'm going to not start with Justin Thomas because he is not good. Um, but, but other than that, I'm, I'm having a little bit of a tough time up top. But he's projected 13%, which is somewhat of a monocle eye and appealing, right? 
Yeah, it's it's a mon it's it's sort of half monocle and half. Thanks for paying the rake. I think so. You just have to. I'm not sure which side I fall on yet with him. Ryan, but probably thanks for paying the rake. Ryan, defend the top tier. Yeah, I mean, uh, John Rom is good. Like uh, like Saul was saying, he does not even need his A game to be in the top ten, even in a field like this. You know, he he still could have been on the optimal last week if not for the fact that four of the high price guys beat him. Right, just happened that they were all up there. Um, I do think this week is a little bit different. So, you know, if we're talking about a big single entry, I, I will probably, um, I will probably not start with John Rom. Um, it feels a lot like when Dustin Johnson won the masters, right? He went on this run. He was playing the best. Um, his ownership was out of control. The uh, G- GPP that I won that week, I think he was 45%. Uh, I don't care. I am starting with Dustin Johnson this week and there is no ownership that could change my mind. So um, let, me put, let me ask you this, Ryan. What, what is it about? I mean, cause the, the correlation to Augusta in terms of success, I mean, you just have good golfers. I think that's about it. I mean, you have speed, you have a shave runoffs, you have elevation changes. Uh, you have to be good driver of the ball, but what is it that Dustin Johnson make, it makes him do really well here? It being yeah. not bombers course, <laughs> uh, it can be a bombers course just because there's no rough. You know, I, I I agree with what Rory said. You know, there are different types of games that can do well here. You have to kind of plod your way around. You have to play the angles. But I mean, for DJ, he can still hit it anywhere because there's no rough and he's hit wedges. But um, it's just a course that he loves. He puts Poa really well. He scrambles well here. Um, and with certain guys, you know, we see it with DJ. We see it with Bubba. Certain guys play certain courses really well, and I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to play DJ. He loves his course, and he's in really good form. Um, all right. And maybe I can't unmute you guys, so you have to do it yourself. So we're looking down, looking down the board a little bit. We go into the more balanced. Now, these ownerships surprised me in terms of like a Zalatoris, it's high, but like a Bubba projected sub 10, surprisingly Finau, you're going to be five. He's burned too many people, even for his record this week. That could be a play. Max Homa. This is a Sanjay M Burns who everyone loves to play. Fitzpatrick is going to be hot, but you're still in this, in this field. You're not getting, you're getting very balanced ownership and no one's in the 25 thirties like last week, like a Henley or a, Hovland, killer, or a wrong. So where do you go in the more balanced range, nines and eights, Josh Schlepka? Where are you leaning, Pally? So before I address the golfers, I just want this is the first time you gave the pre podcast instruction to mute our mics. Well and, because, and I okay. I don't really like it. I know it's your pod, that's fine, but <laughs> I'm I'm gonna remain on a hot mic for the rest of the podcast. All right, you good. Ryan and Saul, Saul do the same thing. Fine. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It just there's this deafening silence. Okay. For I want to hear. Yeah, Ryan. my daughter's screaming across the yeah. house, so I'm going to stay on mute. Okay. Um. All right. Sorry. So, can yeah. everyone hear Ryan? By the way. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let's see. In this zone, there's some there's some really nice plays here. I Hovland, I'm going to be heavy on. 
Cam Smith is a guy who I'm leaning to play if the ownership's going to be in what he, he's a guy I really hate to play because he I just don't think he's very good, but I'm being proven wrong every week he does tee it up. So I'm hoping the ownership goes there so I can actually have a legitimate reason for fooling him. Um, Alatoris looks good to me, but looks good to everybody. And with him creeping up in ownership, I'd just rather fade him and go for lower-owned Kepka, Spieth, or M or Watson. Um, but Bubba's a guy I'm going to play because I love playing Bubba, and it's actually a course where it's not an egregious play to play Bubba. I don't – I don't. it says 8% projected for Bubba Watson. I think it's probably going to be double digits. Saul, do you agree with that? And also, Saul, the Zalatoris killed us, obviously, at Torrey, and now he's sub-9, 18% projected. Do, are you going to let it happen again or what? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a painful couple of weeks with the uh, the outright betting coming in second like for like a month straight. But from a DFS point of view, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love Willie Z. Um, you know, since Ryan shamelessly plugged his own Masters victory, um, you know, I won like 40K at the Masters as well with Willie Z. So I have a, you know, a soft spot for him. But 18% is a little rough for me. Um, definitely going to be playing Bubba, like Josh said. Um, I have a couple other takes in this range, too. I will be the only one of the four of us playing Jordan Spieth, as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, I will absolutely not be playing Sam Burns. I never do, so when he wins, I'll just get swept. And then something else, just from a theory point of view, that I found interesting, starting last week, so two weeks ago, Tom Hoagie won, and then last week he was like 4%. I, I played him, and he was pretty good last week. And now Scheffler won this past week, and he's you know he goes from – and it's a different field and everything, but goes from like 30% to 9, which to, uh, seems to nine like at nine point, 9.2K, right? Yeah, and so uh, you know I think this is kind of a case where everyone – the the field let's say tries to just outsmart themselves and say oh you can't do it tw- two weeks in a row and it's like well yeah i mean at nine percent i'll probably i faded scheffler last week and i'll probably play him this week because of the ownership well i think a lot of the projections you know when you predict it obviously i'm not starting with my own baseline projections on twitter but i'm thinking that the projections that are out there and what's a little askew like can't leave over 20 percent. i don't think he'll get that i just don't his track record here, um, I just don't think he's going to be over 20%. I think Bubba's low, and I think Scheffler's low. I think Morikawa now is maybe a little right based on you know conversation on Twitter. But, Ryan, um, I think it's your guy's week this week, Matty Fitz. It could be. He's. I think he's also getting popular. Um, yeah. So for like the the third guy or even the fourth guy in some of your lineups, I'm having a very hard time with the Fitz Homa Scott trio. I like them all. I want to play them all. I I feel like I'm gonna default back to Adam Scott just because I think he's the best of the three and he has the best history here. Um, Do you remember his putting recently here? Do you remember that when the flag in? It's like it's <laughs> Fitz it is the same. <laughs> Fitz is the same with that. Um. But you guys didn't mention, like, if we're skipping the 10K range and you're going more balanced, uh, 
There is. I've not said anything, by the way. And for the record, no one's giving up picks. We're just talking about strategy. People yeah. said, I, I like Berger on Monday. I don't like him Wednesday. Yeah, because they glean new information. I'm going 0% ROM five minutes before lock and then going 40%. <laughs> I mean, but, we all do that. Yeah. Who's the most underpriced guy above 9K? Above 9K? Mm-hmm. Probably Hideki. It's Rory. It's very clearly Rory. If I don't build a 10K lineup, if I'm not playing one of the studs or if I'm not playing, even if I'm playing DJ, but I'm going to have a lot of Rory. Uh, And I think he's a great place to start your lineups too, because like you said, you can get a lot of win equity with guys like Hovland, Matsuyama, Scotty Scheffler, Cam Smith, and you can play a couple of them with a Rory team. Um, The other thing I I did want to say is I do agree on on the uh, Zalatoris ownership. I think that's, I think it's going to be tough. I'm glad we got our, our bets in Monday morning. I think it's going to be tough to play him uh, at what's probably going to be 22, 23%. Mm-hmm. So go, so go seven range now, Ryan, lead that because this is starting to get into your, your sweet spot. Some of the names that people will never play you're playing. Uh, yeah, there's a lot, you know, I, 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 so I think again, when I come here, I'm going to default back to course history a little bit. Um, you get the obvious names there. You know, Leishman's done okay here. You have Sergio. You have Paul Casey. Uh, I'll let Saul play Paul Casey. <laughs> Hate that guy. Um, he's chalk already. I mean, anytime Paul Casey is in the sevens, he's chalk. It doesn't matter what the event is. He's going to be popular. Um, so, yeah, I mean, of those three, I'm, I'm probably most interested in playing Garcia. Um, he's been playing okay over in Europe. Nothing great, but, you know, in the top 20 and – He's probably going to be right around there this week. And I just feel like I don't want to make any mistakes in the sevens. I'll take a top 20 or a top 25 and I'll try and find the winner elsewhere. So I think I've, I think I've done part of this damage for chalk Peters. And I need to pull it back a little on Twitter. I love tweeters. That's tweeters. (laughs) (laughs) I love Twitter, but I, I mean, I basically said he invented the sun. And I think I got to pull that back when he misses the cut and he's going to be 15% owned because I'm going to get killed. Wh- wh- where are you at here? Is that a goal yeah. for Rangers one? No. Damn it. Go ahead. I like, I mean, I like Peters as much as everyone else who pretends to know a lot about Peters. But, <laughs> I, you know, th- that's, a, that's another, you know, he's, that's, I'm seeing 13.5%. And that's, you know, with these cheap guys what I've seen with the ownership is they usually don't decrease as the week goes on because they're so easy to click. So it's going to go from 13 to 17, 18 pretty quick. And I don't know. I I mean, I I feel fine with, I don't love this range, but there are some guys Mm -hmm. here who I don't mind clicking. Um, Patrick Reed, not being one of them. No, I'm pretty much all set with Patrick Reed. And I'm, you know, Luke list. We were talking about this as well in our, in our chat, it's like Luke list, no matter what the course, no matter long, short, whatever it is, he's always just number one in the stat model. And for some reason, his price just never changes. He, he'll be seven, four to seven, eight without yeah. fail. And he'll be 15% owned and probably be value. Yeah. And I, and he's a guy, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but like, I, I would rather play Luke List chalk than Thomas Peter chalk. Peter chalk, it's kind of a crazy thing to say, but, um, you know, I have some other takes down the the low sevens, one of which is 
I will not be playing Corey Connors this week, and mm-hmm. I'm sure I'll get some blowback here from that. What yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you, Saul, that on Luke I'm List. I, no, I, I think I kind of been as a List hater, but now that he got that win, and I don't know, I mean, he's just he's very consistent, um, which is a weird thing to say about him, or he has been recently. And um, of all of the courses, this might be one – as far as a course fit, this might be one of the best for him, and his results here show it. I think the biggest underpricing, and still this week is because I think previous week he was too, is Neiman sub eight, and right now at least sub ten percent owned. I don't believe that will hold. Granted, Leishman's getting a lot of attention from some betting touts, so he may pull ownership. But Neiman is someone that, I mean, he's. He's really good at a lot of things. He's pretty good around the greens, and um, he can score. And you're going to be tilted hole one at at Riviera because I had in my notes, hole one Riviera par five is the number one most eagled horse co- hole on any course in the country. And so it's going to happen early. I like Neiman a lot in that I don't like answer a lot. Um, nah could be sneaky. Tringali is the big question mark because he burned so many people at Pebble Beach. But let's go. I won't even comment on this range except for saying Mito Pereira, and I think he has it. <laughs> I mean, they put this poor cat down to 6.6. I mean, he was in the nines. What uh, were you at here, Josh? Um. I like this range a lot, as I right. tend to do. Dazzle us. Uh, um, let's see what we're doing there. I, um, so a little sprinkle of uh, Neesmith. He was terrible last week, yes. but I do think he lines up well here. Um, we're doing, uh, as you would say, a flop sweat on James Hahn. And... Um, I am interested in Aaron Rye. I have other names, but I don't want to take them all. <laughs> That's enough. Thank you. Yeah, I don't I think, think you stole good. anything from us there with those three. <laughs> oh yeah, don't make. I got receipts on you. You are you're on James Hahn too. I've got receipts. All right. Well, James Hahn's record here is pretty good, but I mean, again, you got to think: is are they going to be in the top ten come Sunday? I mean, I guess I could say the same thing about. But Hogan right again. But they don't. Let's put it this way: if the top three are Rory, Xander, Hovland, which mm-hmm. that's very plausible, then you have you're going to have to have some twenties. You don't need a top ten out of on. You need a mid no. cut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ryan, this is your this is your zone, bud. Also a lot, yeah. I think um, I think I'm, I'm just going to go with the upside plays, right? I, I I'm going to call Patrick Rogers an upside play. <laughs> He's got, what, five straight top 30s here. Um, I think he threw some people off the scent last week with a miscut. Um, uh, that miscut was on the number, and he gained about a stroke off the tee and about a stroke approach. So um, he's obviously not very far off. So Rogers would probably be number one for me here. Um, what do we know about Patrick Rogers? Histor- I mean, in the sort of the Jamie Lovemark era, Ollie era, Patrick Rogers was known for what? Bombing it, right? He was. And then all of a and then all of a sudden, I think it was the John Deere Classic. He gained nine strokes putting, and he became a putter. 
right? So he's, he's, def- like a he's definitely got a better short game than he had. Yes. Yeah. Um, and again, uh, he plays this course well. I mean, he's in the top 30 every year. It seems like obviously played uh, college golf at Stanford. Um, and uh, yeah, I just think he's got a lot of upside here. So he's probably my top pick. And then a couple of the corn fairy guys. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm kind of looking at the, player who uh, bombs it and also puts it pretty well. And that leads me to Cameron Young and Taylor Pendrith. Um, mm-hmm. I think if I'm going to take a shot on a couple guys who are going to be probably 2% owned, uh, I'd much rather gamble there and not eat like a 10% owned Aaron Wise or, you know, a 6% owned Cameron Davis. I think we've seen enough uh, from those guys and uh, they also don't have what it takes. Um, we're minute 20. I think, because we separated this out since Ryan blew up the first segment. We had to re-record. Saul, who wins? I don't uh, hold Saul to this, but just put it out there. Forecast the CBS leaderboard on Sunday. Who wins? I am going to go with a guy who I hardly ever play and probably is not going to win, but I will say the winner is going to be Sunjay M. Okay. Wow. Ryan? Where Ryan's the hell did say Sun- Rom. So Ryan's going to say uh, Rom. Where the hell did so Sunjay M come from? Did we even mention him? Um, <laughs> it's a secret, secret play. It's great razzle. No, I'm, I'm, it's DJ. I'm not wavering from that stance. Okay. Josh? Hovland. Okay. I don't mind the M play, actually. I've wanted to keep that under wraps, but now it's out in the open. I'm going to say Fitzpatrick. Is that stupid? Yeah, it's pretty stupid. It's great. I love it. It's not bad. All right, boys. That's it. Thank you for joining. It kind of worked. Yeah, this it did. You say, this is where you say thank you. It was nice to have you, Saul. And I wish you guys lots of luck in the hockey streets tonight. Yeah, I'm going to go lower my volume or raise my volume back up now that Ryan's not booming through my eardrums. <laughs> Thank it's you all- for having us, Matt. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, Matt. you. Thank you for clicking during that last segment. All right. Bye-bye. See you guys. That's it for 204. Let's have a day at Riviera. Next week's the Honda already. The Florida Swing. Florida Swing's good. We take a trip into the underground. Talk to you later.